Thank you for listening to the podcast of Bible Baptist Church. Please visit our website at www.southbaybbc.org for more information. As we think about the subject of speech, a person can be evaluated whether he or she has wisdom by hearing the words out of their mouth. We understand that our God is wise. He is the only wise God and the only king and the only Lord that we know. And as we think about our Lord who is wise, his mouth speaks of wisdom. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 2, look at verse 6, For the Lord giveth wisdom, out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. It is said of Christ in Mark chapter 6, verse 2, And when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many hearing him were astonished, saying, From whence had this man these sayings? And what wisdom is this which is given unto him, that even such mighty works are wrought by his hands? Not only were they amazed about what Christ was doing in miracles, but they were amazed of what they were hearing. What was coming out of his mouth? Words of wisdom. Parables of wisdom. Truth of wisdom. And as we think about our God and our Savior, we understand that wisdom can be clearly displayed by our speech and by what we say. As we think about the Scripture, there are three categories of people according to the book of Proverbs. The Bible speaks about the simple person, a person who does not know where to go in wisdom or foolishness, and is tugged left and right all the time, and he or she must choose whether that person would like to be wise or like to be a fool. And, of course, as a simple person is right in the middle, there are two other people. There are people who are wise, and then there are people who are fools. So three people, according to the book of Proverbs, wise people, simple people, and then they are the foolish people. And the Bible says that foolish people have speech issues. They have heart issue as well. As we look at the scripture in Proverbs chapter 15, look at verse 2. The tongue of the wise knowledge, useth knowledge all right, but the mouth of fools poureth out foolishness. So how do you know if a person is a fool? Well, by how they talk. What they talk about. What words they choose to talk about. In Proverbs chapter, 20, uh, tw- chapter 15, verse 14. The heart of him that had understanding seeketh knowledge. But the mouth of fools feedeth on foolishness. So not only does a foolish person pour out foolishness, but loves to feed on foolishness. A foolish person will take in the foolishness of this world and harbor it in their heart and also talk of foolishness. The Bible says in Psalms, David wrote, a fool has said in his heart that there is no God. I guarantee you, 
a person who's an atheist and not get that idea from his own heart. The Bible says in Romans chapter 2 that the heart, the conscience already bears witness. And even creation also gives a, a, a clearer uh, understanding that, that we serve an invisible God. That there is a creator of this world. And God has given witness over and over again, not only in the heart of conscience, but according to creation as we see it. So a man is without excuse. That person has somewhat adapted to this world, or maybe the devil's philosophy, and has feet on foolishness, now is talking foolish to say that there is no God. And by the way, that's the devil's work. The devil wants to recognize that there is no God. Because he himself wants to be God. And he wants us to worship him. And a person who is worshiping himself and worshiping his own pride is going to the same way as a devil is because the devil fell because of his own pride. He says, I will ascend up to heaven. I will be like the most high. He said that in his heart. And of course, he was brought down according to Isaiah chapter 14. I just want to encourage you today to recognize that there are distinctions between a person who is wise and a person who is foolish according to how they speak, according to what they harbor in their hearts and what they feed on. In Proverbs chapter 26, look at verse 9, As storm goeth up into the hand of a drunkard, so is a parable in the mouth of fools. And, you know, a foolish person might want to reason with you and want to bring about different parables and they want to bring about different reasoning and knowledge, but the Bible says that person is a fool. That person is according to foolishness, not according to wisdom. So there are distinctions. There are people who are fools and who are uh, pouring out foolishness by their hearts. And, and we need to recognize that uh, uh, we could be uh, 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 pulled into this category in our lives. And that we could feed on foolishness as well. And that we could pour off foolishness in our homes. And, and we could treat each other in that way. And that we could influence each other that way. And we need to recall back of how Job's wife was evaluated and that we could evaluate her even today by what she said. And uh, we do not have too much information about her, and, and we don't have her name, but we know what she said. And this is what she said in Job chapter 2. It says in verse 9 and 10, Then said his wife unto him, Those thou still retain thine integrity. What does she say? She says, Curse God and die. But he said unto her, Thou speakest as one of the, what kind of woman? Foolish woman speaking. So Job evaluated her to be a foolish woman. How? By her speech. By what she said. What she said revealed who she was. Since she said a foolish thing, she was a foolish woman. Our Christian life can be evaluated that way, whether we are wise or foolish, by what we speak every single day. How do we speak each and every day? What choice of words do we select every day to say and express? Are we a wise person or are we a foolish person? Because our words does reveal whether we have wisdom in our hearts. Christ said in Matthew chapter 12, look at verse 34, Old generation of vipers, rebuking them, how can he, being evil, speak good things? Let's say the last phrase together, ready? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. You might be smart, 
You might have intellect. You might have read some books. Okay? But that doesn't mean you're wise. Tell me what you're talking about. Tell me how you're talking to your parents. Tell me how you're talking to your friends. Tell me how you talk to your neighbors. And let, let me know how you talk to your coworkers. Let me know how you talk to your marriage. I mean, to your uh, married spouse. And, and let me know how you talk to your children. Because for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. How do you speak to people? You see, wisdom enters our heart. And we need to invite wisdom so that we may be wise, so that we may speak wisdom. In Proverbs chapter 2, verse 10, when wisdom entereth into thine heart, and also wisdom rests in the heart, in Proverbs 14, 33, wisdom rests in the heart of him that had understanding. But a foolish person cannot abide by that, and does not want wisdom, and does not want to feed on wisdom. In Proverbs 7, in verse 16, wherefore is there a price in the hand of a fool to get wisdom, seeing he had no heart to it? You see, it's always the heart issue. How is our heart? That would determine what kind of person we are. And that would determine what kind of speech we will have. So how is your heart this morning? How is my heart this morning? Do you wish to feed on foolishness and have a foolish heart and pour out foolishness? Or would you like to feed on wisdom and attain the wisdom of God? And by the way, as I just mentioned a moment ago in the beginning, out of the mouth of God cometh out knowledge and wisdom. So how do we get wisdom? How do we have wisdom enter into our hearts? Well, we need to read the Word of God. We need God's Word. Some people want to think that they're wise without the Word of God. No. They might be smart, but they're not wise. Many people want to reject the Word of God and, and want to reject God before even they read the, the Bible. They haven't read it from cover to cover, from Genesis to Revelation. They haven't even read it once, and they say that they know better than God. They think that they're smarter than God. How they have become fools. And they're feeding on foolishness and pouring off foolishness. And how is your heart this morning? Do you have the heart to seek wisdom? Do you have the heart to seek the word of God? Do you have heart to, you know, have the uh, uh, wisdom of God enter your heart and rest in your soul and rest in your heart so that you may speak wisely? You know, what we say do get us in trouble, don't we? And, uh, you know, many times we are uh, correcting our children's mind because of what they say. And we know they're rebellious by... How they speak to us. And uh, Josiah, I think a couple of weeks ago, and uh, Pastor Guetta, our Spanish pastor, he's a very nice man, very friendly man, and, and, uh, and nothing offends him, by the way. All right? That doesn't mean you should be offensive toward him, amen? Okay? And, uh, but, uh, you know, nothing offends the guy. He's just a very caring, very open-hearted guy. And I remember Josiah one time just argued with Pastor Guetta. And scream at one time. I said, what is this boy doing? What kind of heart did he have? He had a rebellious heart that day. And Pastor Geta told him not to do something in the fellowship hall. And, uh, and by the way, our kids during summertime get to see the staff every single day, you know. And we bring them to church, and they get to see Brother Josh every single day. They get to see Pastor Troy every single day. They get to see uh, Pastor Geta every single day. And, uh, you know, when you 
you know, always kind of be around people all the time that you're not used to, not like family, you know. Sometimes you can see some indifference, right? Okay? And uh, you can see some little bit of uh, a conflict. And, of course, by authority, you know, uh, uh, my son shouldn't have done that. And, and uh, I, I have to correct him. We have to correct him. And uh, as much as that is true, you know, uh, uh, if we want to evaluate our Christian walk, if we have a wise heart, if, you, if we are people of wisdom, Hey, we need to consider how we speak and how we talk to each other. And uh, this is very important in our lives because it, we, it, it will get us to succeed in our Christian walk or we will fail in our Christian walk. How we speak to our spouse and children and friends and, and Christians really do matter and it does reveal what's in our hearts. And I'd like to speak briefly with you and how to have a heart that attains wisdom so that we can speak wisdom. And uh, let me give you three spiritual exercises of wisdom that helps us to have wisdom in our hearts and to speak, speak wisdom so that we're not being foolish. First of all, we need to refrain words through wisdom. Refrain words through wisdom. In the multitude of words, there one is not sin. But he that refraineth his lips is wise. You know, the first phrase might be a little confusing, but it's simply referring to someone who has a lot to say but a well-meaning of not to sin. And we might be thinking, oh, we have a lot of communication, and uh, maybe in every way that's better off. No, according to the Bible, it's not better off. It's better to refrain from talking rather than talking too much. And the latter verse suggests that we should refrain from speaking rather than be loose in our speech. That's what the Scripture is implying. A wise heart would teach his mouth, making sure that it learns. In Proverbs 16, verse 23, the heart of the wise teaches his mouth and added learning to his lip. And how does the lips learn and how does the mouth be taught? Well, the Bible says by the where? By the heart. Once again, it's the heart issue. Are we right with God? If we're right with God, then we would have the right speech and the right words to say. And we would also refrain some words from being revealed. And, uh, and we need to be wise in this area. And uh, I believe when we don't say things, it's still a communication. Just because you didn't say anything, that doesn't mean you didn't communicate. I believe silence is a wonderful, powerful tool to really help relationship. And also to help the situation of arguments and and maybe uh, uh, different, uh, 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 I guess it's agreements that we might have. And I believe that it really convicts the heart of a person who is talking too much. And if the other person stays silent, that person would be convicted in his own heart. And uh, I believe that relationship will far more better, uh, uh, will get better in humility and understanding the situation. James also explains how the tongue is a very hard thing to control. Look at James chapter 1, look at verse Three down and verse four. Behold, we put bits in the horse's mouth that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold, also the sheds, which uh, though they be so great, are driven of fierce winds. Yet are they turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listed. And and it's just giving a very simple illustration about a man maybe uh, having a horse, and that man is able to control that horse 
by having some rope tied to uh, uh, their mouth and, and is able to turn left and right. And uh, I, when I was in Mexico just the other day, I saw a, a, a man uh, on a horse, and, and that horse, of course, outweighs him and also uh, outstrengthens the owner, but that owner is able to uh, uh, give direction to this horse where to go and where to stop. Why? Because of that little rope that he has. And uh, uh, we're able to control horses like that. And, uh, but, James says, how we cannot even control our own mouth, our own tongue. How small it is and how insignificant it is and, and compared to our, uh, 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 I guess, uh, parts of our body according to what we have in this world. But we cannot really control it as, as we're supposed to. And in verse 5, even so the tongue is a little member and boasts of great things. Behold, how great matter a little fire kindleth, and, and the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is a tongue among our members. It defieth the whole body and setteth on fire the course of nature. It is set on fires of hell. For every kind of beast and of birds and of serpent and of things in the sea is tamed, have been tamed of mankind. But the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. Wow, what a description by James. He says our tongues are full of deadly poison. You know, in our flesh, it is truly out of control and it is truly hurtful and and also does a lot of damage. And we need to be careful with our tongue. It's better to say less than more. That's what the Bible says. In Proverbs here, we better not risk saying so many things. And we need to refrain some things to say. And by the way, if you are in disagreement with somebody and, uh, and, and you want to prove your point, I, I believe it's better for you to say silence and also pray for that person so that God would change the heart of that person rather than you trying to force that person to be changed. It's a better option. I believe God does a better job in you know, change the heart rather than us. Amen? Let God do the work. And I have to do that often as a pastor when I'm talking to somebody, counseling somebody, and, and uh, you know, and I might be wrong, and I want to make sure that I'm not overstanding the boundary, and, and, uh, and also at the same time, I don't want to be hurtful by confronting somebody uh, with poor choice of words. So I refrain from confronting somebody, and I take some time and, ha- and, and also look for the right opportunity to do it. And I believe we need that in marriage, and we need that also in our child-rearing, and, and let's make sure that we're patient and long-suffering, and, and thank God our God is to us. And, and we need to be like our Savior, our God, and be long-suffering and refrain some words, and even though we're tempted to say some things. And uh, going back to it, it is full of deadly poison and unruly evil. A while back, a thousand, thousands of Tasmanian devils have died from a rare type of cancer, a devil face, a facial tumor disease, they called it. Scientists discovered that the cancer began in the mouth of a single Tasmanian devil okay, and spread through the bites of that devil. Tasmanian devils bite each other around the mouth very frequently. And this cancer spread through those bites rapidly. Over the course of several years, over 40% of the Tasmanian devil population had died because of this cancer. They couldn't refrain from biting each other. You know, the Bible says, spiritually, when we are hurting each other with our words, the Bible says that we're biting each other. 
The Bible says in Galatians chapter 5, verse 15 and 16, But ye bite and devour one another, take ye that ye be not consumed one another. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. I wonder if we are biting each other all the time. We are hurting each other because we are refraining some words. Um, uh, we're now refraining some words in our, in, in our lives. And we should not trust our flesh to do well, because in our flesh dwelleth no good thing. Romans chapter 7, verse 18, look what it says on the screen. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. That's including your tongue. That's including in how you use your mouth and how you use your lips. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, let us make sure that we use our lips wisely. And one way to do that is to refrain ourselves from talking. And silence is wisdom. In Proverbs 17, verse 28, Even a fool, when he holdeth his peace, is counted wise, and he that shutteth his lips is esteemed of man of understanding. I think about a preacher. I, I read a book about him a while back, and he was at a restaurant, and, and there was this uh, disgruntled waitress and just a very bad attitude, and, and uh, she was serving him, and, and uh, he was trying to be very kind, and he did so throughout the whole duration there, and, and uh, uh, he was able to order his coffee and, and some side dessert as he was there at that, at that, at that restaurant, and, and she came up and, and, and to the preacher, and she didn't know he was a preacher, and, and she said, uh, what would you like to order? And he said, well, I'd like to have some coffee, ma'am. And uh, would you like cream and sugar with that? Yes, ma'am. Would you like anything else? I'd like to have some dessert, ma'am. And kept on saying ma'am, ma'am, after a while. And, and, uh, and, uh, and she, she asked some more questions and kept on replying, yes, ma'am, yes, ma'am, yes, ma'am. And, and uh, this waitress said, is that all, not all you uh, uh, like to say or you know how to say? Yes, ma'am, yes, ma'am. And then he said, yes, ma'am. And just politely just kept on, you know, uh, replying to this lady. And then uh, after uh, his duration was done, he's done with coffee and dessert, and he left a very generous tip, and uh, more than 20%, actually around 50%. And uh, it was, I'm sorry, if I read the book correctly, actually it was more than what he paid for for the coffee and the dessert, and uh, well, well, well over 100%. And, uh, and uh, he walked out of that restaurant, and then the waitress ran back out and, uh, and uh, chased after the preacher, and, uh, and uh, she said, Sir, you left some money on the table. And then uh, he replied, Doesn't this restaurant receive tips? And she was so convicted, she said, this is my tip for you? Yes, (laughs) ma'am. And then uh, she started crying and she started tearing up. Even though I said those mean things to you and I was very uh, rude to you, you still gave me this generous tip. And he said, yes, ma'am. And through that, event, he was able to lead her to the knowledge of our Savior, Jesus Christ. 
She said, my husband just left me two weeks ago. I'm all alone with three kids. My life is hard. And he was able to share with Jesus Christ how he could bear the burden for her, for his yoke is easy, his burden is light. And she was able to receive Christ as her personal Savior. And uh, what a great opportunity to share the gospel. Why? Because he refrained his lips. And when he stayed more silent, the lady became more convicted of her own nature, of her sinful nature. And she had to say, what was me? I was the one that was wrong. You know, when, in relationship, you don't need two people to always bow and humble each other, humble themselves to each other. You just need one person to do it. I believe the other person will be convicted and do likewise. Now, don't always wait for the other person to do it first, okay? If you're a spiritual Christian, I think you'll get the point. I think you should always be the first. And uh, reframe yourself from speaking too much. Explaining it away or maybe even uh, trying to reason it away, you might harm that person. And I have done likewise, and I need to refrain my words and what I want to say, especially in an uncomfortable situation like family. You might be thinking, my wife understands, my husband understands, my children understand. They know how I talk. They're not going to get hurt. I remember when I was uh, second grade or first grade, and, and uh, there are two words that you could, two ways that you could say bye in Korean. When you're staying, okay, and someone's leaving, and you say, Annyeonghi gaseyo. And, uh, but if you are going and someone's staying, you say, Annyeonghi gaseyo. So it's different. Okay. I remember when I was like second grade and uh, my father came, had some uh, people over. And he wasn't saved at that time. And he passed away when I was 10 years old. And he wasn't saved at that time. And he had some people over and then people were leaving. And then I said, okay, Annyeonghi gaseyo. And he looked over at me, you can't even talk. I remember his disappointing face, and I just kind of looked down and said, oh, man, I messed up. I made him look foolish in front of his guests. I still remember that. And uh, I, 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 I still remember the hurt that I had when I was like seven or eight years old. And now I, I understand my, my dad wasn't saved, and uh, I don't blame him, Okay. But I'm just simply saying, as a child, I still remember what he said. Okay? It's been now, okay, uh, 27 years. I still remember it. So as parents, we need to be careful how we say things. We need to refrain some words. So with that, secondly, rich words of wisdom. Rich words of wisdom. Verse 20, the tongue of the just is as choice silver, the heart of the wicked is little worth. How rich are your words? Are there any word to what you say? The Bible also says in Proverbs 20, verse 15, there is gold and a multitude of rubies, but the rifts of knowledge are a precious jewel. You know, most jewelries and rubies were a great investment back in those days, and also it was used as inheritance, and, and the right choice of words would not uh, just... Uh, 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 
be temporary, but it will go a long way. It is an investment and also an inheritance. And our children remember us by uh, of what we have said and how we have said some things. And we can say things with a good purpose, but not with rich words. And some people will misunderstand. The story is told about a barber who had just been gloriously saved in an old-fashioned revival meeting, and he was, he was excited about salvation. He was excited, excited about the fact that Jesus Christ saved him. And the next morning at work, he wanted to share his new faith and witness to the lost. A customer came in, and the barber began to shave him. And he was trying to muster up the right words to say. And finally, as he stood with the razor poised over the man's throat, he asked, Are you prepared to meet God? And, uh, you know, the, you know, the poor, I mean, the barber had the right, you know, uh, intention, but he had the wrong words and the wrong, uh, uh, you know, uh, way of saying it in the wrong place. And, and, and I believe that we need to make sure that we have the right rich choice of words, not poor choice of words. And, and, uh, and that illustration is humorous, but I think in, in, in serious note, uh, uh, we tend to be very relaxed in what kind of words we say and and what kind of words we like to explain things. And, and let's think about God's words today. In Psalm 12, verse 6, it says, The words of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. And may we follow God's example. Notice, God's word has been purified seven times. God exactly put what he meant to say in the right way, and his word is perfect. We know that to be true. And I believe as sinners, as Christians, who are just saved by grace, we need to work harder and yield to the Spirit even more. And we need to really purify our words and and really use the right choice of words. And so that we may communicate effectively and to edify each other and to encourage each other. And uh, we do have some times of uh, uh, misunderstanding and, and we want to forgive each other. We, underst- uh, we, we have that knowledge and, and we understand that. But uh, uh, I believe some people are just somewhat careless in uh, what kind of choice of words they want to say and, and how they explain it. And, uh, you know, as a preacher, I tend to kind of make some mistakes. I thank God for your patience with me. And, and as I preach, you know, uh, sometimes I have the wrong choice of words. I remember last year, uh, I was uh, preaching on a Wednesday night, and, and I, was th- I was talking about Brother Nam in Korean ministry and, and uh, how he was such a great encouragement. And, and uh, uh, he's a very silent, uh, silent guy, but he comes to our church faithfully every Sunday and, and always brings something for special event, and he owns a factory in Gardena out here, and, and I remember just a couple of years of vacation Bible school, you know, he would bring some sodas, okay, he would bring some sodas, and, and we'll be encouraged by that, and, and I remember preaching away and teaching away that Wednesday night, and, and uh, I, as I was teaching, and as I was sharing the testimony of Brother Nam, and how he brought sodas to, uh, uh, to vacation Bible school, and, and uh, amazingly, I had the wrong choice of words, and and I was about to say Coke cans. And then, uh, as I was preaching away, and my words decided to kind of come out wrong, and I said, he brought some boxes of cocaines. 
And everybody just stopped. It's like, whoa, this man is in business, okay? <laughs> Brought some cocaine to our kids, okay? And I was supposed to say cocaines, you know. And we all laughed, and, uh, uh, you know, we had a good time. And I, I tend to take, make that kind of mistake sometimes. And uh, I remember when Brother Allen got baptized, and I, I said, buried in the likeness of his resurrection, <laughs> and raised in the likeness of his resurrection. And Jesus Christ rose again twice, amen, okay? <laughs> and I, I tend to say things, you know, mistakenly. And, uh, and you understand that, and then I understand that, and sometimes I get embarrassed by it. And we understand mistakes, all right? But... I think as Christians, sometimes we purposely choose the wrong choice of words, though. People will understand mistakes. But if you are just doing it intentionally to maybe bring somebody down so that you could look better, so that you prove your point, you're not having rich words of wisdom. You're having poor choice of wisdom. Your pride is getting to you. And you, you, we want to enrich people, not rob people. Okay. So on the third point, the righteous words of wisdom. Okay. The lips of the righteous feed many, it says. But fools die for one of wisdom. You know, the words of the righteous, a godly and justified Christian should feed many. That's what the Bible says. Meaning our words should bless many. And feed many with encouragement and edification. Some people are starving for encouragement. Your children are starving for encouragement. Some young Christians are starving for encouragement. It is an interesting study to consider the contents of Abraham Lincoln's pocket of the night he was assassinated, April 14, 1865. By the way, on the 1864 election, he was very unpopular, but uh, the... uh, the taking of Atlanta really got into uh, the second uh, term of presidency. But April 14, 1865, when he died, when he was assassinated, he had some uh, things in his pocket. Among other items, the president has several newspaper clipping in his pocket on that tragic night. In 1937, his granddaughter gave them to the Library of Congress where they were locked away until 1976 when they were exhibited for the first time along with the rest of the contents of his pocket from that night. Two of the clippings are now exhibited in the Library of Congress, while the remainders are being conserved. The other contents and wallet, including the Confederate five-dollar bill and two pairs of glasses, two pocket knives, a watch fob, and a, a handkerchief monogram in red with A. Lincoln on it, are shared between this exhibit and one of the Smithsonian's Institute. And while it's interesting in the subject of the newspaper clipping that were found in this uh, pocket, one clipping recounts a speech by Reverend Henry Ward Beecher. I'm sure many of you know who that is if you have read some Christian history in Philadelphia at the Academy of Music. The other clipping reports a letter from English reformer John Bright to the American newspaper editor Horace uh, uh, Greeley, uh, 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 which is full of praise for Lincoln's leadership and his re-election as president in the fall of 1864. And uh, Bright wrote these words, we see his presidency, an honest endeavor, faithfully to do the work of his great office, and the doing of it, a brightness of personal honor on which no adversary has yet been able to fix a stain. And this man realized, hey, I need some clippings of God's men preaching in my pocket. 
Not only that, I need some clippings of great encouragement of my presidency, of what I'm doing. Yes, I made my mistake, and I have my share of troubles, and there are some critics out there. And, but as a human being, I need some encouragement. And he was starving for encouragement, so he had some newspaper clippings of some editor uh, praising him and, and, and just really uh, uh, lifting him up, and, and that was able to get him, get him going for another term. And as we think about this illustration, how we need to store some things in our pockets today. And how we need to store some preaching and some uh, wonderful truth of God's word in our hearts. And as much as we do that, how we need to always uh, look for encouragement in our lives. And, And I hope you have some brothers and sisters in Christ who encourages you. And I hope we have a church like that. And also at the same time that we will all, we will encourage each other and love each other, and edify each other, rather than tearing down each other. Be careful how you speak and make jokes. We might laugh outwardly, but some people are hurting inside. And I think uh, I'm guilty of that. I could get very sarcastic as a person. And uh, and I need to be careful in how I uh, approach people. And and not to say we should be offensive, uh, we, 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 uh, we should be offended all the time, but how much offense do we need to give and, uh, and abuse the grace of God? And, and let's make sure that we're not divisive and, and we're not saying the wrong things to tear people each other and tear each other down. And in Proverbs chapter 16, verse 13, righteous lips are the delight of kings and they love him that speaketh right. You see, the Bible is very clear that if we have the right things to say, there'll be a great favor among brothers and sisters. And not only that, but among kings and people over authority. May we live a life that is pure-hearted so that we may say the right words at the right time. People need it. People are hurt, and they are getting hurt. And maybe not add to their hurts, but heal them. And uh, Proverbs 12, verse 18. Let's read this together, and, and uh, we'll close. Let's read this together. Ready? There is, as speaketh like the piercings of a sword, but the tongue of the wise is health. Are you giving health to your family? Or are you giving the piercings of a sword? You might be thinking, you know, we're just careless in our family. Our marriage is careless. I mean, it doesn't matter. We don't offend each other. We take things very lightly. You might say that, but your children are watching. What if your children are treated that way when they get married? And I believe that you're just getting ready for a shallow type of Christian life. There is no growing in grace. There is always criticism, always sarcasm, and there is always pessimistic thoughts in your heart. And you take spiritual things very lightly. You are very poor and uh, 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 starving Christian in your life. You need to grow in the grace of God. Now, I... I take things lightly in my life, and when there's jokes, I, I, I don't take myself seriously. And, and uh, when I was in Mexico this past week, and uh, when I agreed to the, uh, uh, one of the hosting pastors there, and he called me Paul, my brother-in-law, okay? And, uh, you know, they always mix me up sometimes, you know? I'm Paul, and, and, I'm Paul, and then Paul is Jimmy. And, and, uh, but that offends me sometimes because I'm such a better looking than Paul, amen? 
And, uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, I remember I got the cute card, and they spelled my name, J-I-M-Y, and my last name, P-A-C-K. And I had a fun with that, and I just told them, you know, uh, someone called me Paul today, and, and uh, someone uh, wrote my name as Jim I. Pack, and, and, uh, and, 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 people, and I had some fun with that, and I said, I don't know who I am anymore. And I said, you could call me Bruce Lee, you could call me Jackie Chan if you want to. And, and they like that because I'm Asian, you know, and then they're, you know, they're Hispanic, and, uh, you know, and I had some good time. And uh, I, I even talked about, you know, what's uh, Bruce Lee's favorite burger, and uh, his, his Whopper, you know, Whopper. And, uh, you know, <laughs> I had a good time with that, you know. And, uh, you know, it's a, I, I, you know I, I like to take things lightly, all right? Okay? But I got to be wise in certain situations. Okay. And uh, I got to be careful with individuals. Uh, there are some people I like to joke with, but there are some people that I will not take the same matter into that situation. Because some people are more sensitive, and some people are not as sensitive. And we need to be careful in how we use our words with different groups of people. Because we want to edify them rather than tearing them down. Righteous person knows the meat of God's word. And the meat of God's word, according to Hebrews, you're able to discern what is good and what is evil. And that's that applies to our words, and we need to be careful with that. And we need to be mature Christians today. 